One Nation Under Pod is brought to you by Sheet Meats. Sheet Meats. Have you ever had a case where you have a delicious meat, but you need you only have one slice left? That's not enough for a sandwich. Who's going to eat a sandwich with a single sheet? That's where Sheet Meats can solve your problems. You sign up for Sheet Meats once a month, you will get a butcher's roll of your favorite meat delivered to your house. With an initial purchase of its distributor rod, you can hook up your sheet meat in your kitchen and take off exactly as much sheet meat as you would like. With roughly 200 square yards per month, you will have exactly as much sheet of exactly the meat that you would like. Ryan, tell me about your most recent sheet meat experience. So let me, my tale begins about a month ago when I actually had to throw away an end of meatloaf that became dry and fairly inedible because when was I going to eat a thin slice of just this meatloaf, right? It wasn't enough left for a sandwich. There was nothing I could do with it. So I get my sheet meat. Full disclosure, last night, can't sleep, up, thinking about the election, thinking about my life, thinking about the twists and turns. And I think, you know what would go great with all these thoughts as a sandwich? So I go into the kitchen, turn on my sheet meat, and I was able to slice off just what I needed for a late night sandwich. Not a slice more and not a slice less. And just to add in there, it's not exactly the kinds of sheet meats you'd be expecting. Ham, capicola, turkey. No, with their new polymer technology, they can give you a full roll of meatloaf. They can give you a full roll of tuna fish. They can give you a full roll of ortolan, the bird that you eat whole. That's what they can give you at Sheet Meats. So go to sheetmeats.com, sign up for a subscription, and make sure to put in the special code one nation you got it one nation it's one nation under pod you know it you love it for at checkout for 25 percent off that's one nation you heard it one nation you got it you, you got love it. it one nation under pod four at checkout <laughs> and here's the show Hello, hello, and welcome to One Nation Under Pod. I'm Francis Ford Coppola. And I'm Ryan Pfefferman. And we have got a great show for you today. We've got candidate Michael Delicious on the show. We're going to be talking to him about environmentalism, going to be talking to him about brain controlling mushrooms, going to be talking to him about ranked choice voting, all the greats. Uh, so stick around for that. But before we get started, hey, Ryan, Ryan, did anything happen last week? Uh, maybe just a little something called the presidential debates. And Francis. the good ones, the Royal Rumble ones oh, where yeah. we get every candidate sparring, got the full Brady Bunch screen going. Full smorgasbord of candidates just having at each other and really digging into the issues. I got to tell you, I pulled up my video game chair, popped myself a big bowl of popcorn, cracked open a Zima, and I was just loving every second of it. The barbs, the snipes, the, the mm-hmm. sudden allegiances. You know, the revelations. I got to say, though, Francis, this debate was not without some controversial moments. For example, candidate Anna Smith coming out hard against non-human candidates. Now, this kind of speciesism in this year 
it seems a little bit out of date, a little bit out of touch with voters. What do you think? Honestly, we've had non-human candidates participating in presidential elections since 1988, when okay. a tree man hybrid ran for president, you know, got smoked pretty hard by Dukakis in the debates, yeah, but it was a, a milestone to see him up there and to watch him lumber off and leave some detritus on the stage. It brought a tear to my young eye, I got to say. So, Absolutely. Seeing seeing the ash in the air after that debate told us that a new era had arrived in terms of who and what was able to run for president in this country. And since then, we've seen furniture, we've uh -huh. seen gas, like sentient gases. We've yeah. seen um, two men who were conjoined, not not just conjoined, uh -huh. conjoined, but literally they were sharing the same brain. Oh, yeah. We've um, seen a group of school children in a trench coat. Uh, we've seen a bowling ball. We've seen all manner of creatures. We big saw and four small. bowling balls in a trench coat that one year. So honestly, right. see Anna Smith bring yes. this out this like this. It's just sad. And honestly, because I thought she had so much promise. I mean, mm -hmm. the way that she brings that American apple pie energy to the stage is oh. kind of what everyone wants to see. She is she is sort of the, the Patriots Patriot, right? When you think about what is a sort of just a classic American uh, set of tropes together in one human being. And uh, I mean, the, she is it. She is it. The, the thick Russian accent is sort of the only I hesitate to even bring it up. It's a minor outlier in what is otherwise an all American apple pie candidate. Yeah. You want to see someone up there talking about the issues, how much they enjoy mm -hmm. Klaukalash and just get into the heart of everyone in their living room. Uh, but yeah. And a, a big moment, though, right after she came out against uh, 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 non-human candidates, she she then said that she would choose, in her words, the diner guy, which I took to mean Jay Farkey, as her running mate. Farkey seeming uh, taking some lumps for being a single-issue candidate about keeping all diners open all night. But what an interesting ticket that would be, the apple pie candidate and a man who wants to keep places open all night, which serve apple pie. That is a ace assassin political move right there okay i rem uh, telling that i'm gonna pick you as my running mate that just it, it's just like slamming them down like they're a can of cola it, alpha it, move i told alpha that to carrie o'connor when carrie o'connor and i went on our splashing plan special planning mission to aspen in 2004 you know i remember i told him that's what you got to do in wait, this first debate wait wait wait, wait. carrie Kerry said he wasn't going to Aspen that year. He said that they'd canceled the, the trip. Oh, I, I caught him as he was leaving on a Friday afternoon to totally pull the 180 on that. And so uh, it convinced him that it was important that he needed it. And I mean, I think his reelection speaks for itself. You two went to Aspen without me? No, no. Uh, we took the press secretary. We took his uh, joint, the, his assistant chief of staff. You took we took Steve? his entire digital team. Of course we took Steve. I mean, Steve, Steve's the only one who could execute that kind of strategy. Ryan, I'm sorry, but we, we didn't need the assistant speechwriter on that trip. I don't know what to tell you. Well, I hope no speeches came out of it. No. And what came they... out of it was an ace debate strategy where I told him that he needed to pick Flurg Mungus. I just hope you had president. fun. I just hope you had fun. Ryan, of course we Did had have fun. fun. We always Did had an amazing kid? time in Aspen. That's you great. know that. Anyway, you know what? Back to the debates. Uh, another interesting move is admitting that you have strong sexual urges towards another candidate on the stage. Alligator Cowboy yeah. coming out in favor, sexually, of Pineapple. 
Honestly, what does that, um, yeah, what does that do to this race? As soon as he said, I have strong sexual feelings toward, I knew it was going to be pineapple because pineapple was bringing that energy. And that was a conscious decision. You know, that was something, again, I advised Kerry O'Connor when he's on that debate stage, you know, to, 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 to purse his lips a little bit. you got to bring that to the American people when you're on that debate stage. That's what they're looking for is someone that they can have some kind of relations with. Right. People are looking for a little bit of romance. Yeah. When I'm sitting at my family dining room table with a pot roast, watching that TV debate, I'm like, what's this person going to be like at a Ramada Inn at 4 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, people want a president they can wake up next to the morning after and not have to do, if you will, the uh, voting ver- uh, version of the walk of shame. Yep, 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 yep. And um, I think Pineapple was pulling, a gr- pulling it off great. I think we all picked up on Alligator Cowboy certainly picked up on it, which brings oh, yeah. up the question, will they become an item? Because we've seen that before in presidential campaigns. You know, I mm-hmm. remember when... Um, Oh, who was it? It was uh, Bill Nelson uh, started, became an item with Charlie Crist in a Florida Senate race in 2008. And they were open. They were they were loving it. And uh, honestly, I think it helped both of their chances. Absolutely. Uh, Still running against each other. But it brought what I can only call an electricity to the to the debates and, and to the race as a whole. And again, it gave the American people, or at least the people of, of Florida in this case, something more to root for. People like to ship candidates, if you will. I hope you could hear my air quotes there. Uh, people people like to picture their favorite candidates uh, dating each other, maybe going out to dinner, uh, do, doing something romantic together. So I think that this can't uh, can't help but uh, boost both Alligator Cowboy and Pineapple's campaigns. Yeah, I mean, I think we all heard in the... Um... What was it the uh, the Mondale Reagan debates? That was the big chant in the audience all night. Kiss, 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 kiss right? Kiss. You don't forget a thing like that. Yeah. <sighs> well, we can only hope that there's going to be more romance, more sparks, uh, more debate stage VP picking oh. in the rest of this campaign because then- this campaign has been nothing but a roller coaster thus far. Uh, and then, well, I, I, we, we would be remiss if we didn't also bring up that nobody, the Internet oh, Collective yeah. running for president, uh, made a, a sharp turn from their constant attack ads on Pac, broke down crying, saying they're going to vote for Pac. Yeah. Pac, of course, being the, the known presidential candidate known for murdering mm-hmm. giants and who will be residing as president from her magical realm as well as ours. Mm hmm. Uh, they not only endorsed Pac w- without dropping out of the rate themselves, they also referred to uh, to Farky as a as a quote uh, cokehead. I feel like nobody was really going through a lot during this particular debate. I don't know if if they just suffered sort of a collective breakup or what was going on with them, but those are some seriously bold moves for the debate stage, and I think they're the kinds of moves that connect with voters. Ryan, I couldn't disagree more. This was a classic cliche murder-suicide in a debate, all right? You, you, you align yourself with one candidate to target another, take out that candidate, and yourself. I mean, we, I saw this in 96, 97, 98. Remember when we had those consecutive presidential campaigns mm-hmm. year after year after forget. year? And then thankfully, the 26th Amendment took care of that. Yeah, The but, late 90s, as we called them, the years of 100 presidents. Exactly, yeah. And so when Seal was running against... Um, uh, shark shark yeah when seal when seal was running against a, a literal shark again non-human candidates making it happen 
uh, he said that he was proudly going to be voting for the guy from Smash Mouth and said, I, I love this guy from Smash Mouth, took him, and I hate sharks, took himself out, took the shark out, mm-hmm. and then it led the guy from Smash Mouth to become our president for, what was that, another six years? Uh, yeah, easily. Yep, yep, yep. And so honestly, I, when I rolled my eyes at that moment. Yep. And so I, I just, I was kind of hoping for something a little bit more novel. But, uh, Frankly, I, I think you can't go wrong with a classic. I think a, a quick alignment, uh, literally endorsing another candidate without dropping out yourself, is a clever way to split the vote while taking away voters from a third candidate. But you know what? I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one because there is plenty more campaign to come. You're so wrong. Anyway, now uh, we're going to jump to an ad, but please stick around because, again, we are having our great conversation with Mike Go Delicious. Mm. Ryan, I'm going to ask you a question right now, and it's the question I'm asking myself every day. What day is it? Well, Francis, it's um, it's yeah, it's probably a um, was this thir- was this Thursday? Was it it's Friday? I want to say it's in the. I want to say it's I'm in the three-letter preface day. Yeah, like a mon or a when. Uh, it, it could it could be a when. Um, yeah. Why do you ask? Because uh, I just I, I wish that there were some kind of helpful tool that I could pull up to help me figure out what day it is. But, I mean, nothing oh, nothing exists wait a like second. that. Wait a second. Let me open up a new tab on my, my browser here. <gasps> Francis, are you familiar with whatdayisit.com? I'm not, Ryan. Please explain. Whatdayisit.com is an online subscription service where you can log in every single day to see what day it is. Now, sure, you've seen online calendars before, but have you seen one that uses the latest cutting-edge AI to discern the current date based on social media trends? I'm guessing you haven't. Are you telling me that they can sense through how people are social media posting general emotional tenor and fervor to ascertain whether it could be a Monday or a Thursday? Absolutely. It's based on online sentiment analysis. It's based on a wide swath of, uh, of, of inputs from across the web, from across your social media channels. You log in and give it access to every single one of your channels, full usernames and passwords. And it will not only gather sentiment from your friends to see what day it thinks it is, it will start telling them from you what day you think it is. Now, what if I'm following some kind of other calendar, such as a traditional Jewish calendar or Aztec calendar? Could it tell me what day it is on those platforms? Of course it can, as long as you and all of your friends are tweeting about it, which of course you probably are. But that's the beauty of whatdayisit.com. It understands that what day it is has become less of a calendar-driven factual thing to know and more of a sentiment-driven thing to feel. I mean, doesn't today kind of feel like a Monday? It does. But guess I better check on what day is it.com to be sure. Am I right? <laughs> you know it. Subscriptions start at $12.99 per month. And of course, you can upgrade to the gold tier where you not only find out what day it is, but you can tell it how you feel about that day. And it will get this included in the cost. It will post that to your Twitter account for you. You never have to log into Twitter itself. Sounds like a dream. All right. Sign me up. Yeah, well, you can sign up at whatdayisit.com. And again, you're going to use offer code podnationunder1. 
Okay, that's uh, Pod Nation under one. There are underscores between each letter in that, and then but not between the, the words, only between the oh, letters no, 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 within. Not the between words. the words. Sorry, thank you. Good, yes. good clarification. So that's Pod Nation under one. Underscores between the letters, but not between the words, and then a uh, a grinning emoji at the end. Not the smile, but the the toothy grin. And you can use that to get ten percent off your first month of WhatDayIsIt.com. I'll Go. see you on a Tuesday. Sounds good. Welcome back. We are here with candidate Maiko Delicious. Maiko, can you hear us? I sure can. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on the pod. It's 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 quite an honor. I don't think we we've had quite an array of candidates, but never a candidate with uh, your 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 hmm, what was a fervor for environmentalism and not just environmentalism, mm. but but really digging deep, literally in the soil. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't really like to call it environmentalism because it it likes to it sort of makes it feel like it's separate from humanism. But really, I I like to call it more like existentialism or something. I'm still working on it. Being a part of nature, not above it or separate. Hmm. So it's a refreshing like, viewpoint. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. I like this. So, Maiko, in case any of our listeners aren't familiar with your campaign, do you just want to mm. give a quick rundown of, of, of who you are and what you're running mm-hmm. for? Yes, well, I'm running for POTUS. I am asking people to rank Maiko first. You don't vote for me. You don't vote for just one. It's a ranked choice voting system. So rank me first. Um, I, uh, I was a mushroom farmer, a human um, and I just got so tired of the human ways. I, I retreated more and more and started inhaling more and more spores. And eventually I realized that I felt less and less human. And I really, I like to think of myself as a, a mushroom human farmer now, uh, where I'm mostly mushroom and started to farm my, the, the human body that I have, um, and, you know, I, I, I advocated for ranked choice voting in, in this wonderful election. And now that we have it and we have a third three-party system, I said, fuck it, I want to make a fourth party. Uh, I want to make the independent mushroom party. And so I'm just hanging out, watching the race as it blows by right now and ready to dip my toes in once the general election comes rearing its head. Michael, interesting that you you say you're sort of watching the race as it as it blows by. That is something mm. that critics have have leveled against you thus far. Mm. Is that you're not uh, you're not you don't seem committed in terms of the of of uh, vis-a-vis the other candidates. You don't have an announcement video. You're sort of relying on on word of mouth. How is mm. this choice working out for you thus far? Well, it's hard to know. There's not a lot of polling right now, but um. For me, it's not really about that. I, the mushrooms play a long game. I, we have hmm. patience. There's not a constant urgency that capitalism forces upon us. We know that we're, our role is healing and transforming the earth. And if that takes time, if that takes four more years, fine. Uh, you know, with a ranked choice voting system, it's okay if one candidate isn't playing the same game isn't having as much in negativity because they can just be in it and if people like them they can vote for them uh they can be free to vote for them even if they aren't quote unquote electable so 
I'll run my campaign and when it's when I'm called to put content on the internet, I'll put content on the internet. You know, you humans are obsessed with the regular posting. Ugh. Too much for me. Now, Maiko, uh, you, you've mentioned your collective, is it a collective hive mind? Am I getting that right? Of, of, of fungal mm. sort of Well, consensus? it's interesting. People think what I am is different from what they are. And really, I'm just, I'm a culture of fungal, human, bacterial, and other kinds of cells and organisms. And that's true of you, too. You actually have a microbiome and a microbiome in your stomach as well. Uh, which some say is your second brain. So I'm like that. I just, my microbiome has kind of taken over more of my human biome. So, but yes, I'm, I'm a culture of, of different, uh, an ecosystem, as you might say. So I think a lot of people are wondering if you're walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Does your mm. microbiome use ranked choice voting to make decisions for you as the collective Myco Delicious? Mm. I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't really been able to, it, the decision-making is so vast. We have such, we have a very different uh, idea of how things work. It's, it's very decentralized decision-making and um, there's not really a need to organize because what we do, how we live is organization, is collective intelligence. So um, we use lots of different uh, complex emergent uh, algorithms um, and you know if ranked choice voting is needed in the best one then we'll do that but uh, a lot we, we we don't have as many coordination problems as the humans do michael i'd love to hit you with a classic uh, political science question mm. um we, it's about ranked choice voting i'd like you to, to sort of envision a, a hypothetical scenario all right let's say there's a race where there's seven candidates four of them have garnered five excuse me uh, uh four fifths of the of the vote the other two have gotten uh collectively two-thirds of the remaining vote the rest is a plurality one candidate drops out from that first four-fifth segment who gets whose vote at this point oh, well i'll have to see i feel like you're quite trying to quick talk me here i'm, I'm not exactly sure because um listen that, that the voters are gonna old. have again we don't we don't have one vote and make sure you say you get two four fifths of the vote. It doesn't work like that. People are complex. People are cultures. They want to be able to have their vote reflect their infinite cultural ways that they that they their feelings. Right now, we get reduced to these parties, to these stupid little masks that we wear and say, "Oh, this is who I am. This is my identity." It's all bullshit. And no, no, no. Hold on, Michael. Really Michael, did I just that. hear you? Did I just hear you come out against mask wearing? Yeah, is this is this an anti-mask? Mm, no, no, no. I love wearing masks, but you have to acknowledge that you're wearing a mask. You have to say this is just a mask, and then tomorrow I might be wearing another mask. All right. The problem is when you start wearing a mask and you believe that that mask is you. That is the true death of So are you saying the people mm. outside wearing masks right now aren't authentic? Mm. That they're kind mm. of virtue signaling their masks? No, wearing? they are being, they are wearing a mask as someone who cares about their community. Right? And that's okay. That's, you know, that is, we are always virtue signaling. Right? We're we always virtue it. signaling. Are so we? none of us are authentic in, in uh, what we're saying we want for America? Bold moves mm. coming from Michael wow. here. You heard it here. Wow, well, uh, you humans really love your gotcha questions, don't you? 
I, go, I don't believe in authenticity. <laughs> all right, there's no such thing. Right? Wow. We are we are all wow. living in this world, dancing in the infinite possibilities and the bullshit as it flies at us. And sometimes we have to wear masks. Sometimes. We, you know, we always have to wear masks. And so I think you are authentic when you are saying, this is the mask that I'm wearing and not denying it. Uh, Michael, how do you respond to, to people who say that the, the needs of the typical middle-class American voter simply do not align with the needs of a collective of mushrooms living inside of a farmer's brain? Mm, yes, well, you know, I think... I think the needs, it's not about my needs. All right? I'm talking about the human needs. People think, oh, environmentalism, that's a planet problem. No, it's mm -hmm. a food problem. Like We're not going to be able to eat food. People want to eat. People want the basics. They want water. They want clean air. They want somewhere to, to live in. That's what my campaign's about. It is about providing people their essential basic <laughs> needs and giving them those essential freedoms that they then can do whatever the fuck they want to do. Then they can, then that's, that's when their, that's when their middle class needs come out is once they actually have their basics taken care of. Now, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention the article that came out in the Atlantic today. Uh, you had alluded to how you were once a human farmer, a mushroom farmer. Now you are a human farmer and there have been reports of seeing actual humans being farmed on your property who seem to look like they might be connecting into your mushroom hive mind. Do you want to comment mm -hmm. on that? Yes. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I, I believe consent is at the heart of anything that we do. And, uh, you know, I, I, my human form was excited and eager to join the mushroom mycelial network, the Internet of the trees, the Internet of the soil, as they call us. Um, so, you know, that, that's all I'm offering people and giving people a way to, you know, to get in touch, to pray with us in the earth, in the, and to, to eat the food that, that Mother Nature gave us. So, yes, yeah, some people are starting to become part of the network we're building, but, you know, it's a movement. It's not a, it's not a, uh, re-education camp as some of the, uh, the other people, uh, yeah. across the, um, across the political spectrum support. I, w I was going to say, you there there have, of course, been conspiracy theories out there. Now, I hate mm. to bring it up. I don't want to get down in the in the mud and the muck and give these mm. people too much exposure. But what do you say to people who say that, if elected, you will simply enslave the entire human population of the United States of America and uh, uh, allow a, a hive, if you will, a hive mind of uh, fungi to harvest our brains? Mm, see, but this whole thing of enslave and harvest and dominate, this is all your shit. This is the stuff that the humans do, all right? I'm not interested in such things. I'm interested in transformation, in healing, in having people feel connected and part of something. So, you know, that's, that's really what I, I this, this foolishness is like, if they're worried about that, then why are they voting for the damn humans? You know what? I have to say, I've heard so many candidates asked if they are planning to enslave Americans' brains into a hive mind collective of some sort. And that's the mm. best answer I think I've ever heard to that question. Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. Kudos, Candidate yeah, Delicious. You know, 
frankly, I'm I'm pretty won over right yeah, now. I know I got, people, yeah, people I, I, knock I, I, us I, I, for I, I, being I fickle, but uh, maybe I'll, maybe yeah. I'll take a little trip to your farm, Bico. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah. You can also <laughs> maybe, just yeah. stick your head in some soil. It's pretty good, there, or find some mushrooms, huh. or just you know, there's some great suppliers. Humans have found great ways to make delicious mushrooms. They're very healing. Hey, mm. hey, hey, Ryan, maybe I'll send you a, 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 a rank choice Calendly vote poll. How about that? <laughs> Sounds uh, great. Yeah, um, humans are taking it on. I love it. But I'm no. busy because I'm going to be sticking my head in some soil this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> now, Micah, we, uh, we love to ask everyone who comes on our show five questions. So if you are ready, we're going to give you our big five. All right, let's do it. So first question. What does our country need the most right now, and why is it D.C. statehood? Mm, uh, liberate D.C. Right, we're tired of having to do the bullshit that Congress wants of us. Uh, we want to run our own shit. I love it. Mm. All right, Michael, you just got a blank check from Congress to spend on one program. What mm. is it? Seeding cooperatively owned businesses and cooperative fungi farms idea. I mean, that would be my personal uh, personal thing that I want to join. But yeah, something where people can start their own cooperatively community-owned uh, um, businesses and also uh, data programs and social media networks, things to replace the old bullshit capitalist institutions that we have. Mm. All right. Uh, if you could have anyone from history on your cabinet... Who would it be? Ooh, uh, Tubman. Gotta go, Tubman. Bring, bring her in. <laughs> bring her Enjoy in, her. and uh, uh, just put her on the liberation tax task force and say, end it, get it out there, abolition. Nice. All right, Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron? Mm, if I could fuse them. <laughs> Hmm. That would uh-huh. be my ideal, and I know it's a cop out, but um, no, I th- no, I think no, no, no. I, I, I know that dream of a lot of basketball fans. And, yeah, yeah, and they're all good. They all have different strengths, and so I think if we're really trying to, we don't have to choose the false choice. We can fuse them together. All right. Final question: As this is October, what is your favorite horror movie candidate, Michael Delicious? Mm, well, it's not quite a horror movie, but it's a children's show uh, that's very October themed. It's called Over the Garden Wall. Uh, we'll scare you. Uh, we'll titillate you. We'll make you feel nourished. Um, and we'll make you feel spooky the whole night through. Wow. Sounds like a real dip in the soil, if you know what I mean. Oh, yes, I do. I know it well. Well... Michael Delicious, thank you so much for thank coming you. on our show. Uh, before we wrap up, are there any plugs you want to plug? Uh, just, you know, you can follow me on Instagram, Michael Delicious, M-Y-C-O Delicious. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're interested in the future, uh, look into the ground. Look up at the trees. Mm. They are our present, future, and past. And they are what will save us. It's not going to be capitalism. Here, here. Strong message. Thank you so much again for coming on the mm. show. And thank you so much for listening. I encourage everyone to go 
Check out some other podcasts on the Illiberal Media Network. Uh, of course, you know our flagship podcast, Pod of the Brave, the Pod Squad, uh, the Scrod Pod, Pod Stewart. You're also going to want to check out a new one we've got going on, Right Hand of Pod. That is a, a great mm. podcast of people who are brought up in Armageddon cults and just, uh, you know, shooting the shit, talking about their times growing up and how they think this big world of ours is headed. Uh, I would definitely encourage you to check that out. Ryan, do you have any pods? Uh, yeah, I just want to mention uh, one of my solo podcasts. Uh, it's called Dying with Ryan, and it's where I try stand-up comedy for the first time. So dying itself is actually a bit of a joke because uh, you know people say that they they <laughs> they die on stage, and I can tell you it does feel like death when no one laughs. I've been to some of Ryan's shows, and I can definitely attest to that. So, uh, also you should always always be out there make sure you are registered to vote go to www.vote411.org or vote.gov get registered get voting get your voice heard and as well please stay tuned we've got way more shows for you way more candidates to talk to thank you again to Michael delicious thank you and we'll see you soon part of the illiberal media network